0: Welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. Our desire is to remain in God's presence, explore His passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire our city. Um, hey, how's it going? This is probably my baby crying. Don't worry. She's taken care of. She's not alone out there. I have multiple caregivers looking over her, but she, she will probably cry at some point. So, um... It just brings you into what it looked like for me to prep for today. Imagine like a cat being put in a bath and you're wrestling the cat. That was what it was like with me and my baby trying to prep. The wrestling part, not putting her in water. It's true, it's true. It's funny, but it's true. It's not funny when it's happening. But it's funny in retrospect. Sometimes in the moment I can be like, this is crazy, but this is really funny. And in two hours or like, two years, I'm going to think this is really funny. <laughs> I try to prep myself that way um, in the moment. It doesn't always happen, but I know that there is humor in everything. It makes life better, right? All right. So um, welcome. I'm Stacy. if you didn't hear that. Um, Dave lo- loves me a lot. We're neighbors. My husband, Landon, he, um, he's really sad because he wanted to be here, but he can't. He is recovering from an elective surgery. We have four kids, and we are done. There are ice packs laying all over the floor in my bedroom. It's a mess. I have four girls. Three of them fight me to bring him whatever he needs in the room. It's pretty amazing. Like, I get to see how much they love him in this moment. I'm, like, taking him a glass of water, and they're like, that's for daddy? And they, like, hold me up. I'll take it, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, there's food, too. They're like, I got it. My two-year-old, she's, like, got a cup of water and food and ice bags and taking care of daddy. Um, so, yeah, we're excited. We're done. We have four four girls. We're done. Um, he had a vasectomy, if you're not sure what I was talking about. <laughs> I don't know if you can say that in church. I don't know. Sorry. If that offends you, I'm sorry. I've been having babies for like eight years. I don't know what's offensive or appropriate anymore. I'm a little out of touch, so I'm sorry. It's recorded. All right. Well, today, no, it's real life. It's cool. I'm good with it. It's important to see like real life and authenticity and like the food on my shoulder. Um, so it's not from me. It's for my baby. I don't spill right here. So today I'm going to talk about, um, comparison now that you're all like done laughing. <laughs> okay. Um, comparison, it, it has like a bad rap. People get a little squirmish. Um, I think sometimes we hear comparison and we're just like, oh, I don't, I don't deal with that. Um, we do, we all do. Every single one of us deals with comparison. Um, who in here is not on social media? Raise your hand. Okay, we got one, two, raise it proud, because I know you're proud of it. I'm not on social media like when I delete the app off my phone and fast for a couple days. That's when I'm not on social media. But, um, so we have two people in here not on social media. Who in here um, has felt low after being on social media? Raise your hand. There's, there's some like halfway, like, I don't compare myself. I don't hate social media. I'm just using it because... We are in a day, a time, where we have access, in the palm of our hand, 24-7, to look and view other people's lives, and it's a one-sided view, which means we can make up whatever we think is going on in their life. And who really posts their failures? Who really posts when they look ugly? Like sometimes people pretend to be like looking ugly and they post it, but they really look fantastic. I saw this little clip. I'm not going to go there. No, I am. It's really funny. This teen girl, because I'm so far from this, she was like, I don't know, 14, and she was posting a picture of herself on social media like she had just woken up, but it showed you the, um, everything that went into this post. She like had gotten up, showered, did her hair, and then she like, presented herself to be laying down, just waking up, took a picture and posted it. Just remember that when you were feeling low looking at beautiful people on social media. All right, but that's not what it's about. Um, It's about learning how to respond when we feel that thing inside of us that we don't want to admit we feel, that gross thing. Jealousy, envy, insecurity, insignificance. The lies just start pouring in. I'm never going to become who I'm supposed to become. I'm not going to achieve anything. Oh, my gosh, they're already doing it. Oh, my gosh, they're doing it. And you make up this whole story about what they're doing like we know them. Um, But that's the question I want to ask today. When you see someone that has something you want, when you see someone who has the breakthrough you want, when you see someone who is achieving the things in life that you want, how do you respond to it? And now I'm not saying like be perfect like internally and never feel those gross feelings, but what do you do when you feel that gross feeling? How do you conquer that gross feeling and say, no, no, I'm in charge of my feelings. I get to respond not from my feelings, right? Feelings are great servants, horrible leaders. Great servants, horrible masters. We are to be masters of our soul, masters of our mind, our will, our emotions, master of our feelings, right? So that's what I want to talk about today. How do we guard our hearts and our minds through all of this? Um, my goal today is that we would kind of be able to slow down and pick apart why we compare ourselves and don't feel good about it afterwards and what we can do about it. I'm really, um, Dave kind of described it, I'm kind of like when I prep for something like this, I have like all these diagrams and like arrows and circles because my mind works like that um, because I like to know where did this come from, why did that happen, how did it get there, how do I get rid of it, how do I become who I actually want to be and not function in this thing, right? Has anyone ever functioned in a way you don't want to function? Just me. There's a couple nods. It's possible, right? God said we get abundant life here on earth. It's possible to not suffer in this torment cycle of, I can't stop doing what I'm doing, but I don't want to be doing it, right? So my goal today is that we would uh, leave knowing how to respond victoriously when we compare ourselves to other. Because here's the deal. I don't think comparison, at least for the sake of today, I don't think comparison in itself is evil. Dun, dun, dun. Some people disagree. That's okay. It's just for today. Um, I don't think in itself it's evil, and I'm going to get into that. But um, I want to pray because I feel like there's going to be a lot of breakthrough for people um, in a lot of things today. So uh, I believe there's going to be breakthrough for people who want to be free of comparison in a negative way. I think there's going to be um, a lot of breakthrough for the cycle of believing lies and feeling down about yourself and not being able to do and be who you want to be. I feel like God's really going to set you free in your mind so that you can actually function in freedom. All right, let me pray. God, help us. No, God, help us. Um, God, we need you. We need to hear what you think about us. We need to have the self-control to keep our eyes and our ears on what you are doing and saying about us. We need the self-control to not compare ourselves and make up stories about it. Yeah, we need the self-control to go to you and we need affirmation and not to people. Yeah, I ask that you come in a mighty way and bring revelation and breakthrough to our hearts and our minds today. Amen. All right, so um, I played soccer growing up. Like, um, let, me, let me give you a grid. So whatever the first rec team is under five, to like two years ago, I was playing soccer. So um, I did take a break when I was pregnant and recovering. I'm not playing soccer right now. I don't need you to tell me to, you know, you don't agree with that. I'm taking care of myself. But just to give you a reference, how much soccer I played, and I wanted to be playing it that much or more. Like I didn't need um, anyone, I didn't need a motivational talk. Like I was out there, it was dark, and my mom's like, you really need to stop hitting the ball against the house and come inside. Like, I don't know why, but I loved it. I loved the um, competition. I loved that it pushed me to my limit. I loved that I could never be the best, but I thought I can keep trying and I might get close. I loved the um, team aspect. I loved the traveling. I loved the sweating. I loved the coaches. I loved it, like, I've been through Sozo, I'm healthy now, but I loved soccer, like, loved it. Um, played it all the time, played it um, competitively in high school. I played for my high school team, I played for my state team, I played for a club team. I was a crazy person, and I think my mom may have been crazier. She's here, she's in the back tonight. You can all shout it out to her. She drove me two and a half hours to go to practice. And then two and a half hours to come home from practice. Now, I love my kids. We are not doing that. <laughs> and I love what I got to live. And I love the fruit in my life from it. But wow. She, she's very dedicated. So two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back, two to three times a week. Um, so this is like me in high school. I'm like in the back seat, not happy about being driven. Because I'm like 16 and I want to drive myself. So you can picture like Stacy, 16. I'm in the third row, that's just her and I. If you have teenagers, you get this, right? Gwen Stefani, Dave Matthews, maybe you guys don't know these musics, but this is what's playing in my head. I've got Third Eye Blind. I'm like, oh, disgruntled teen. We also weren't allowed to stop for a bathroom break. I don't know what that is. I'm going to talk to her about that later. But, like, she started driving, and we, we weren't stopping. I had a friend ride with me because he was guest playing on the team out there. And he was like, I have to pee. And he had to pee twice. And my mom and I are just like, pee? Like, we don't stop. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. But I did do that on the way to Disney World. It was, like, a 12-hour trip. I was like, we don't stop to pee. And then I had to, like, backtrack. Like, where would that come from? Yeah, my kids are, like, potty training. We'll... I'm like, pee in your car seat. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We stop to pee. My mom doesn't, but we stop to pee. I'm just kidding. All right. So I'm in high school. I'm playing soccer nonstop. I sleep, eat, and then I play soccer. Um, and then I, you know, retire from that team because I go to college and I play soccer. This just more soccer. And then I, um, two years in, I quit I retire. If you know any famous athletes, like people who are truly athletes, they're like, I retired. And they go play another sport or they like go back to their sport. It happens. Um, So I retired. And then I went back and played my last year at LSU. And then I like really retired and gave away all my gear and started having babies. And then someone was like, hey, you want to play KOA? And I was like, okay. And I played again. And then I retired because I got pregnant again. I was like, what am I thinking? I'm old. like, I just got to stop, right? Just stop doing this. It's hard. I'm slow. And then someone asked me to play. And I'm like, okay. So if you want to start a team, we can do a sign-up sheet after service. I mean, I don't have gear, but I will get some. And we can do that together. No, I'm kidding. Um, unless you really want to and you're good. Okay, so why am I telling you all this? I just don't to tell you who I am. Um, no, but what I, what I found in my journey of playing soccer was this beautiful truth from God. I didn't know I was doing it. But there's this scripture, it's coming. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So what I didn't know I was doing by comparing myself to other people while playing soccer, I was actually allowing their talents and successes to sharpen me to actually become the athlete I never could have been if I hadn't compared myself to them. Now, I'm talking the good part of comparison here, obviously. The fruit. You can tell everything by the fruit. The fruit was good. I became better. And it was a journey, you know, to work through the jealousy and all that stuff. I am a girl. I did have those issues. But I found, just by grinding it out and wanting to be the best, if I played with people who were better than me or faster than me, I would actually get faster and better. And I stumbled into this, you know, obviously not reading my Bible, because I'm sitting in the back seat listening to No Doubt, but... That's how God works. His kingdom principles transfer everywhere, right? They shouldn't just stay in the four walls of the church. They transfer everywhere. And I'm this teenage girl finding them. I'm finding, man, if I play with this girl and she's better than me, it'll make me better. If I honor the gift on her life, it'll actually get on me. This is kingdom stuff. I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't reading it. I was trying to work on my heart. And when someone was better than me, I knew jealousy is gross. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to get better, and she's not going to want me on her team. Right? But what I found was this great, great, great thing, iron sharpens iron, and I really believe it to be true. Um, let me see where I am. So comparison in that part, it spurred me on to be great. Um, I think it's, there's a lot of ways that you can take the verse, iron sharpens iron, but for the sake of today with comparison, thinking of it when you look at someone's life and they have something you want you can have one of two choices you can look at what they have that you want and you can go down the route that feels gross that we pretend we don't do I can lay it out for you look at what they have I want that oh my gosh I'm never going to get that oh my gosh God doesn't see me oh my gosh I'm so jealous oh my gosh I'm going to go gossip about this to somebody oh I'm not gossiping I'm just going to talk to them about this awesome thing I saw but how I don't have it and God's probably forgotten me God doesn't see me. He doesn't hear me. Maybe he's not real. Maybe he doesn't care about me. Maybe he loves them more than me. Maybe I'm not his favorite. No? Okay. I just memorized that for today. I've never experienced that before in my life. I looked it up on social media. I'm just kidding. Um, Or we can go this route, which is kingdom and blessing, and we can say, oh, my gosh, that girl is so pretty. I need to find out how she does her makeup. Oh my gosh, that girl's hair is so pretty. I need to find out where she gets her hair done. Oh my gosh, that woman has the job I want. If God did it for her, he will do it for me. I got another good verse for you. God does not show favoritism to anybody. It's going to go up there. It's going to be word for word what it says in the Bible. God does not show favoritism. God does not, is not a respecter of persons. That means we are all his favorite. That means what he has done for you, he will do for me. But I do not think he will do it for me until I hold my heart right. So that breakthrough you see somebody else getting, it's going to keep bothering you until you make it not bother you. You have to steward your heart. Because God is so concerned about our heart. Everything is that he doesn't look at us the way man looks at us. He looks at us in our heart. He looks through all the stuff because he wants in our heart to be so healthy so he can build on it and he can grow this huge, beautiful life. But he knows that he can't build build that in us if we don't get that yucky stuff out of our heart. And that's our choice. And that's scary and awesome. Like, that's empowerment. I don't know. I kind of don't want that much empowerment sometimes. Like, God, could you just come and rip it out and, like, make me a good person? He likes partnership. Okay, fast forward to today. Um, I'm looking at the clock. So we are no longer having babies. We went over that. Um, I think he's watching. Um, I hope I don't embarrass him too much. If it's weird to look at him in the face, just like, don't tell him why. Just smile and walk. (laughs) But also this, I know all you who have had it done. Because there's a group, there's like a club of men, They're like, hey, make sure you do this, hey, make sure, I'm sorry. It's a support group, I was just trying to make sure when I went to Walgreens, I had everything we needed. Okay, so today, sorry, the beginning of the year, I was writing down these goals with God, and I felt like one of the things that God and I were talking about, whichever direction it came to me, was make sure this year you mourn well. And I was like, all right, that's not really fun, but... I know that I'm about to have my last baby. I love birth, pregnancy. It's all miraculous. It's awesome. I'm ready to be done with it. But I love it. And it is sad to say goodbye, but I'm really excited to at the same time. But there is still a process of grieving and moving on. And so that's happening. And I know my grandpa's really sick. Um, I mean, miraculously, he lived like 10 years longer than the doctor said he would. So that was really awesome. But I knew it's probably coming. And just the finality of those two things, I was like, oh, man, this is intimidating. Like, how am I going to do this well? How am I going to get through this well? How am I going to, like, close these chapters to having children, my grandfather, and how am I going to move forward? It's really hard. Like, I don't know. I've never done it. Um, And this is what's kind of, it's like awesome and awful about life changes is like, we want it to change because then we get new good things we're longing for, but the transitional time of things changing and saying goodbye and opening up to the new stuff is really hard, and it's a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of internal processing, Um, and what I found is this awesome part of transition and changes is you get to see what's on the inside of you, like, not always the good stuff, like the yucky stuff, right? So I did not like what I saw, like, so I have my baby in March, Um, My grandfather passed away in July. Landon gets a vasectomy on Friday. Like, boom, boom, boom to me. It's a lot. Um, And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, yay, okay, transition, okay, oh, my gosh, I got to become who I've always believed I was going to become but couldn't really become because I was, like, birthing babies and everything. Like, you can't fast, really, when you're, like, pregnant and stuff, so... So I, like, really couldn't go that hardcore becoming who I wanted to be. Um, But now I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's wide open and intimidating. Let me get on social media. Oh, my gosh, I have a problem with comparison. Oh, my gosh, I feel insignificant. Oh, my gosh, I'm really insecure. And this is, like, the ugliest part. Are you ready? Like, you know, when you're in a conversation and you're, like, fishing for a compliment and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Please get out of this. Don't. No, just linger one more minute. I think they're going to say something positive. No, no, this is so gross. I can't believe it. I'm like, wait, what? What'd you think? Has anyone ever fished for a compliment, but you know you're doing it? And you're like, please stop doing it. You're embarrassing me. And you're like, I can't. I need it so bad. <laughs> it's real. I, that's what came out of me. So it was ugly and it was gross. And um, I'm in it. Like, obviously, Landon just had the vasectomy five, no, three days ago. Um, It's hard. It's hard, like, dealing with that stuff and being like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? But here's here's the thing that I found that is really, really good about seeing that stuff is then you get to realize what's going on. And for me... I looked at all that gross stuff and I knew like, that's not my problem. Like that's just the manifestation of what's going on inside me. Right. And inside me, I'm not believing that God loves me. I'm not experiencing his love for me because I'm not going to him with the right mindset of who he truly is. Like that's the root. That's the problem. And that's, kind of liberating to know, okay, I can, I can deal with that. Like, I know that I know that I know that I know that God loves me, but sometimes I don't believe it, right? If we ever go down this path of gross thinking, we're obviously not believing it. Because if we were believing it, we'd be like a son or a daughter over here, like, my dad's the king. I got it all. Like, I don't ever, yay, yay, yay. Look at all, I get on social media and I just say, yay for them. Look at what's happening in her life. Oh, I'm so happy for her. That's what we should be doing. If we truly, truly believe that we are loved, if we truly, truly believe that he is for us, how does that lie even get in that he is not for us? I mean, he did everything. All the other false gods of the past, they were like horrible. Like, give me your firstborn. Let me mutilate them and do horrible things. And our God is the one true God and he could do anything. And he's like, let me give you my son. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I have problems with belief. Like, I have problems believing in your goodness. It's a little little too soon to share this, but I didn't have anything else to talk about today. So, welcome to my world. So, I don't think comparison is all that bad. I think the way we respond to what we feel when we compare ourselves to other people is the problem. And I don't think we like to hear that because that means that we're responsible to do something about it. Iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 27, 17. You also need to be asking Holy Spirit, who you should not be following on social media, not because it's their problem what they're posting, but because we might not be mature enough to have the self-control to celebrate who they are and what God's doing for them. So don't put your problems on other people. Okay, next. You can respond to comparison in two ways. (laughs) Like a daughter or a son... Or like an orphan. You can respond to comparison in two ways. I don't measure up. I'm jealous. I'm envious. God didn't choose me. I'm forgotten. I'm overlooked. I'm not seen. Or we can choose to respond like this. Great. I get that too. Great. God has that for me too. It's that simple. I love, I love his simplicity. Um, if you ever hear kids, kids are like the fair thing. We, I like really try not to use fair, the word fair in our house because I don't think that is a kingdom principle. Like the sowers. and I'm not going to go there. Um, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's a kingdom principle to be fair. I think it's steward your heart, steward well, more will be given to you. Um, so in our house... And I think a lot of people who have ever been around a kid have heard this, like, complaining and bickering and like, ah, they got that. I want that. Hey, that's not fair. And then as the adult, sometimes we're like, I don't know what to say. Like, it's not fair, but oops, or deal with it. Like, I don't know. It's hard. But there is truth that we need to stick on. And in our house, we, um, anytime I hear the word fair, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, no, we will not think that way. Um, so what we say is there's always more. We might not have the money for it, but there's more. We might not know how to get it, but there is more. Like the absolute truth, because we're God's kids, there is always more. He always has more. There's always enough. He's provider. There's always more. And so that's our response to our kids. Um, But sometimes we have to say that to ourselves as adults, right? We're not supposed to be thinking like kids. 1 Corinthians 14.21 says this, Um, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. In your thinking, be mature. Don't misquote, like, be childlike and be grumbling about the fairness. Be mature in your thinking. I really like that. So comparison steals our potential. Potential. When it should actually help us meet our potential. It should help us reach our potential. It should help us become who we've um, always wanted to become. I think I hit it all. Two problems when we fail in responding to comparison is this we are not believing his love for us, and we're not believing his faithfulness. Two lies. I like knowing things like that because then I could do something about it. I like knowing, okay, that's the lie I'm believing. I can deal with that. If I'm just bombarded by stuff, sometimes I'm overwhelmed and I'm like going to like orphan victim. Ah, I'm powerless. But we're not powerless. Um, I have some scriptures I want to read over us in a minute. But I just want to recap. It's really hard. Like we, when, we're, when we get comparison in our face, it's really hard. When we're seeing stuff that we're longing for, it's really hard, but hard is okay. Pain is okay. It doesn't mean we're failing. And that's a really important thing to differentiate. Something can be hard, which I kind of think most of life is, if you're trying to always become more, bigger, greater, better, if you're sitting in the room, you're probably in that group, it's gonna be hard, but that's not the problem. Hard is not the problem. Pain is not the problem. Those things are actually good. Those are pressures that get the gross stuff out of us. I know I fall to this all the time. I will feel the pain, feel the hard stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm failing somewhere. Let me like go figure out where." And really, God's just like, "No, I'm like putting more pressure on you because you want to be more mature in this area. You can't get more mature without the pressure. It's just that simple." So I really do believe that we can be victorious people. I believe that we can look at social media and have self-control to bless the people that have the things we want and to see it and say, God, I didn't even think about that. You could do that in my life. Look at her house. Oh my gosh, you could give a house to someone that age. You could totally do that for me. You could give her a husband who says things like that to her. I'm going to pray on that. I'm not talking about Lynn. I'm just saying. We need to be praying on those things. That didn't come out good. Can we edit that? <laughs> Control, alt, delete. All right. Oops. It's a little pressure sometimes when it's recorded. It's like, oh, what do I do there? All right, we're going um, to pray. Do you guys want to stand up? I mean, only if you've dealt with comparison, stand up. I want some honest people in here. I don't want to waste my time and my prayers if you don't deal with this. I'm just kidding. It's free. Anybody want to be free from comparing themselves and feeling like crap afterwards? Anybody want to look at social media? And it's not just social media, that's just the easiest one because it's like, it's literally in my pocket right now. Like, we are like this so fast. But it's at work, it's at home, it's at the grocery store. It's in here. It's everywhere you go. You have the opportunity to look at something and say, yay, yay, God. We do this thing with Kids Church. We call it testimony time. And when I say testimony time, they say, do it again, God. Testimony time, do it again, God. Testimony time, do it again, God. That means when you hear something good God has done for someone, he will do it again for you. So when you see something that God has done, and you might not know, like, There's just so much there we don't know when we see people's stories on social media. There's so much there that we don't see about people's lives. I used to envy when I was, um, years ago when I would go to this church, I would envy so bad the way God would touch these people. I would envy it so bad and I'd just be like, I don't understand. Like, look at how they're being touched. And one day God just said, you have no idea what that person's been through in their life. Like, Oh my gosh, of course he's gonna to touch people to where they need to be touched. And that's not saying I don't need it, but he was showing me you don't understand what that person's been through. You don't understand what's on the other side of that story. So ask God what it is. Ask God about it. You know, if, when you're just fighting it out inside and you're grinding it out and you're like, I hate this ugly part of me. I hate this. I don't know how to get rid of this. I want this. I want that. Ask God about it. He wants to tell us all the time. It's going to feel a whole lot better than trying to get that affirmation from another person. Thanks for listening to the sermon of the week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit cedarhousechurch.com.